Hey everyone, welcome back to the Enduring Churches podcast. This is Trent Young. I'm here with Alan Small, and we do this podcast because we want to help you to endure. We want you to last in the ministry that God's called you to do. We want your church to do well, and we want you to personally do well. And so, Alan, we had started a, a series kind of thing last week, so kind of give us a review of where we were last time. Yeah, so last week we talked about the insecure pastor, and I think that's just so common. I and mean, we've, we've got a big call, a big task, and it's understandable that there are times we feel very insecure. And sometimes that insecurity becomes a hindrance um, in our ministry. But it's not the only t- type of pastor that can really uh, begin to see a lot of unraveling in their ministry. And there's probably one that becomes more detrimental and divisive than any other. And that's uh, the the ego-driven or the overconfident pastor. Sometimes you can have an insecure pastor, but then there's that other side when that instead of being too insecure, we're way insecure at, or way too secure in ourselves in a negative way. So we thought we'd talk about that today. So kind of balance out the conversation. That's right. It is a balance, right? It's it's a balance that we struggle to keep because I, you mentioned last week. Alan, I think, and I think it's really true that we all struggle with insecurity at some point and we struggle with, you know, what we're doing. And, and uh, we talked about a little bit last week about, you know, what is our security in? Is it in our own abilities or is it in God? We talked about having our identity in Christ. And so, um, Alan, let's, let's talk just a little bit there about the, the, balance that we have to strike um, between uh, different areas. Um, we talked, first of all, security versus insecurity, right? Um, um, and how that affects us. What are we secure in? Um, are we secure in ourselves or are we secure in in Christ? And then yeah, we, Trent, we, let me stop you just for a second, because we yeah. know our identity should be in Christ. I think hopefully everyone who's listening kind of recognizes that when we're insecure, we, we, we see our shortcomings and we see our sinful side highlighted. And I think sometimes on the ego side, it's that maybe we see our redemption and think somehow we had some kind of role in redeeming ourselves and start to believe how great, how great it is that God sees us in such a new light that we overestimate ourselves um, to a fault in that. That's what we're talking about with that. Right. And, and, but, you know, and again, another, I guess, another dichotomy that maybe it's can help us to frame this is that we have to strike a balance between pride and, and humbleness. Um, you know, we do have to have some sense of pride, um, I don't know if it's in our own selves or just in Christ, but in order to be able to do what we do, right, we have to be able to have some ability to do that. Yeah, pride, pride in what we do, um, pride in the outcomes. I think those are, aren't in and of themselves bad, but pride as a way of life is a terrible way for us to live our lives. And it, and it tends to expose us. And sometimes we get pride prideful maybe it's not because of our an identity issue it's it's because we do have certain abilities or talents that we have that by nature we can do those with or without god's power 
you know, we all see people who are, who are charismatic or who are gifted leaders and they're not people of faith and they still have talents and abilities and they use those. But we have a higher calling to what we're doing. So sometimes maybe it's our ability versus our inabilities and, and our unwillingness to acknowledge our inabilities that can become the problem. Right. I'm, and I'm glad you mentioned that, you know, the, the person who is gifted or is charismatic in that because they do tend to stand out and they can, they can function and we can all kind of get in the habit where we're functioning without the help or without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And it, it causes us to go down a bad road when we don't ever lean on or look for the direction of the Holy Spirit. Um, but, you know, Alan, we, we've talked, you and I have talked about um, athletes um, in our day and time. You know, these, these college guys coming straight out of college and into NFL or into the pro basketball. And they're surrounded. You know, you've got these guys that are 22, 24, surrounded by people that are just constantly telling them how great they are. And you begin to believe it. And, and in some ways, that can happen in the, in the church world, right? Uh, pastors, you get some people that are, surround you that are just, hey, you're so great, and we love your sermons and all that. And you begin to believe them. You know? <laughs> Maybe it could be the worst thing you ever do. Yeah, I think that COVID kind of began to level out that playing field. I think one of the good things that God has done in allowing us to go through this is when we had the time where all of us were doing virtual services, you know, we didn't get to hear the roar of the crowd anymore. We didn't get to hear everyone telling us, wow, that was a great sermon today. You know, everything, everything was, um, was different. Mm -hmm. And, and I think we needed, needed that. That is a, that is a wonderful, wonderful uh, wake up call for all of us. And we want to remember that. But Trent, you found something that we put in our notes and it was um, a ch churchleaders.com article um, by Matt, by, by Matt Monge that talked about some of the, some of the warning signs of an ego-driven ministry. Now we, we're going to link this in our notes, but we wanted to maybe point out a couple of those and talk about maybe some of our own thoughts on that. But what stuck out to you in that article? Well, it, Matt is a is actually a businessman, and he talks about leadership in the business world, and then kind of makes a parallel uh, in the church world. And so, as we go through, there's a list that we'll give you a link to um, of things, warning signs, you know, that to look out for, um, because you know, if you're an ego driven leader in your church, it can really hurt your church, and so. Uh, we kind of want to pick through some of these things and point you to that article for you to follow up on. But um, yeah, Alan, there's there's several different things that he, that he points to, 10 different uh, warning signs. And um, just to start off with, it, the, his number one thing is that ego-driven leaders often measure their success by how much others notice their success. And as I was reading that, I was like, yeah, you know, we we have our own um, letter jacket, right? Yeah, you know, letter jacket in high school where you were part of a, you know, some event, whether it's sports or music or whatever, and you get those badges on your letter jacket, right? And you want people to notice your, your letter jacket. And, and 
you know, pastors, we want other people to notice how well we're doing. Yeah, that's uh, that's who we are, right? We want we want to be noticed. We want others to see who we are and what we're doing and what we've accomplished. And sometimes in doing in doing that, that we we begin to drive people away because because there's a lack of trust or there's something that we're doing that they feel belittled or unuseful to us. And so we, instead of helping people improve, we begin to use people to, to make ourselves look good. Yeah, you're right. Uh, we do, you know, it's, it's this person can help me get to where I need to be or be noticed by someone else. Um, that's, a, that's a big problem. Uh, another thing that he pointed out there is that and it kind of goes along with what you just said is that we've sometimes, and this can be both an ego driven or an insecure pastor, but we sometimes feel better about ourselves when other people don't do as well. Um, and I've seen that, you know, and man, sometimes we as church leaders, we love to bash someone else that's doing well because it makes us feel bad about ourselves. Yeah, I think one of the other things that I see, Trent, a lot of times with with when we let, you know, maybe we're overly confident in ourselves is that we don't share our ideas. We we demand our ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was sharing a, a thought in a little devotional idea today about how our idea, our best idea is usually not the best idea. It's our best idea when it's gone through filters after filters and been refined and remodeled and 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 all of that, all all those things to come out to a better idea. And, you know, recently I was asked to do that. I created a new logo for for the association I'm working with. And, you know, I'd gone through, you know, 20 or 30 designs before I came up with this one. And people seem to like this one. Okay, so I was good to go with it. And then I was challenged to let someone else from an outside perspective, look at it and give me different feedback. And we came up with something completely different. It's even more simple, but it's, it looks sharp. It, 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 it plays well, it, it, it's reflective and, and we needed that. And so I had to kind of give up my, my idea for a better idea. I had to put my own ego in the back seat. So this is something we all struggle with, right? We, 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 we want to be right. We want everyone to acknowledge that we're right, that we're the leader, that we're in charge, that we know what we're doing. Um, and sometimes we go too far. Yeah, you're right. And as you're saying that, I was thinking about um, both of our wives, um, Alan's wife, Rochelle, and my wife, Dana. They are amazing at, at this, that filter that we kind of send a lot of our thoughts through. Um, and they they help us to um, rethink things. Um, not only do we do that with with church leaders, but you know, Alan and I both rely on our wives to help us in in doing that. And sometimes it's it's hard to kind of put our ourselves uh, our ego off to the side. I remember Dana used to bleed on my papers like crazy for seminary that I turned in, but she's so good and saved me a lot of heartache. When I turned those things in to my professors. Yeah, you know, Trent, I think one of the things that my wife helps me do is, is helps me laugh at myself a little more often because sometimes I'll take myself too seriously and I don't laugh at myself. But I think that's a sign. I think that's another one of those signs that you 
you maybe aren't where you need to be is when you can't laugh at yourself anymore. You know, when you're too worried about what it's going to do to your status or how others are going to see you. And, you know, sometimes we all do goofy stuff. We, we all say goofy things. We, we all look bad sometimes. And the ability to laugh at yourself is what makes you human to people. Mm-hmm. And, and it removes barriers. And yet sometimes we can be so concerned about that protective wall we've put around ourselves that we don't, don't let us, others uh, break through. And we won't admit our faults or our weaknesses or our mistakes. Yeah. Well, and, you know, letting those walls come down, it makes me think of one of the other things that uh, Matt put in his article about um, trust. And so I want you to think about the people that are on your staff or the volunteers that you work with. Do they trust you? Um, Because I I think that there is a struggle between somebody who is either insecure or over secure, over ego driven that, um, they're going to they're going to destroy that trust over time uh, with people that they work with because we tend to use people right yeah yeah that's a good thought trent and we we do we don't want to use people we want to bless people you know how many times does the bible talk about blessing and the idea of blessing others that's that's one of the roles that we have uh, is is to have a hand of blessing in people's lives even even we're we're speaking harsh truths there should be an idea that i tell you this to bless you so that your life can be blessed and so that your future can be blessed and that should be behind the heart of what we're doing but when we're in the, when, when we're in that moment where we're ego driven we're, we're all about ourselves you know you mentioned the athlete thing you know, that's where all of us are in the end zone going, I love me some me. You know, when I was yes. a kid, when I was a kid growing up, you know, in the, in the house by myself on a Sunday afternoon, everyone's taking a nap. I'm watching some football. I've got my little football and I'm the quarterback and I'm I'm the receiver, you know. And when you're playing by yourself, you don't even need any blockers. Right. And I, I look pretty good. I could throw all the passes and I could catch all the passes. <laughs> In a real football game, that's not possible. If you're a yeah. great quarterback, you better hope you have a good offensive line. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you if you're a great receiver, you better hope you have a great quarterback. It, it takes everyone working together um, for for it to happen. And when we get caught on ourselves, well, we forget that, and we don't want want to be that way. So, Trent, with that in mind, we want to we we don't want to be ego driven. We want to. We want to find this and correct this behavior before it starts. So how does that begin? How do we do that? Well, as you were talking about that just a moment ago and thinking about how does that begin, the words speak the truth and love came to mind. And I think that's a big key, not only for us to speak the truth and love so we can keep that trust, but also we need to allow somebody to speak the truth and love into our lives. Um, you know, and, and we need to be able to allow someone to tell us, hey, you're, you're kind of going over the edge here, you know, on this. Are, are you and are we if we're not willing to listen to someone else, we can definitely say, hey, this is an ego problem. Um, but as you know, as we're thinking through this, too, I was thinking about the people that Alan has gotten to grow and send out in ministry and the people that I've gotten to grow and send out in ministry and that to me, that's that's such an awesome thing. I love that. Um, 
you know, we both had amazing music and youth guys that we were able to grow up and now are, are leading ministries. And, and so that's, you know, that's the goal is we're speaking the truth to grow them up, not to destroy them. So we feel better about ourselves. Yeah. And I think it comes to, to uh, not only are you giving it out, but to also receive it well. You know, I think that when you, when you invest in someone and you allow them to invest back into you, that that's where true growth um, takes place. You know, so Trent, when we think about those things, you know, we talked about finding your identity in Christ with the insecure pastor. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, if it's, if it's, I'm in Christ for that side of it, this one is more of humble yourself before the Lord and let him do the exalting. Yeah, um, in our notes, and you'll be able to see this if you go go connect with us on uh, look at our show notes. That you know, I put in a couple of verses in there that talk about that. You know, don't take that seat of honor so that you're humiliated, uh, or you know, don't be like the Pharisees that like to pray in public and be seen. Um, and so, what Alan said about humbling ourselves before the Lord. I think that's a that's a, a key, you know, remembering who is it that has placed you where you are uh, as a minister, who has called you. And so we humble ourselves and, and say, okay, I'm that I'm that pot that is that's supposed to be shaped by you, or I'm that tool that's supposed to fit well in your hands, instead of just, yeah, hey God, I'm running doing my thing, bless me, you know. Yeah, so you humble yourself before the Lord. You also have to find a place of humility within the church. Even as the leader of a church, you've got to find a place of humility um, within the body and among your people. That is that is so important. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of pastors struggle with this, Alan. Um, really, uh, to and, you know, and making ourselves vulnerable. Uh, before our people that you know opens up some doors that sometimes we're afraid of and that insecurity pops up and like oh I don't want them to know what I'm struggling with um, but it, it it does help us to keep a better frame of mind when we are able to not only humble ourselves before the Lord but also humble ourselves before our people that they see the reality hey this is I'm just like you guys. I'm dealing with this. I'm struggling with this. And uh, and so, you know, those two areas, I think, are really important. Yeah. When you're vulnerable, you're going to have a hard time falling into the trap of, of egocentrism. You know, it's just not going to be some, ooh, I use the big word today, but it's just not going to happen um, when, when you do that. So that that's important. Now, we're going to talk about some other pastors in coming weeks, but this is one that you know, we have been around ministry combined. We don't want to say how long, but it's been a long time now. A long time. And and we have seen a lot of, we've seen a lot of people fall. And I want to tell you, if you do not check your ego and you don't let other people help you check your ego, uh, I just want to warn you, if there's one other thing I'd say to you is prepare for your crash mm -hmm. because you, you will crash. An unchecked ego always has a huge fall. That's why that, why that old saying, pride comes before the fall. It always, it always does. 
it's the original sin, it's the first sin, it's it's the sin, it's the sin that is most noticeable because it's the sin that drives all other sins, is pride. And mm-hmm. and it is so important for us uh, to to avoid that. You know, and I think of a couple of examples of of that. Just last week I was uh, listening to a podcast where a prominent a prominent prominent pastor was reflecting on a conversation with another prominent pastor and had told that other pastor, you, you need to be careful. You, you don't have enough guards up in your life. And that other guy says, you, ha- you, don't, you, you don't really think I'd fall prey to that. And 20 years yeah. later, 20 years later, they've fallen prey to that. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's important for us to check our egos and to listen, listen to good advice um, and, you know, sadly, you know, their warning signs, the warning signs are there. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes I think, you know, people listen to the podcast regarding Mars Hill. That's one of the things that, that people talk about. It will come crashing down. You got to check it early. Right. Yeah. If that foundation's not laid on the Lord, if it's laid on just you, well, it's going to come crashing down. And so a couple of questions that we want you to think about asking yourself. Um, First of all, who are you trying to make famous? Are you trying to make Jesus famous or are you trying to make yourself famous? Um, The answer to that question will determine um, the strength of your foundation and how long your ministry will last. Um, Here we are 2,000 plus years later and a guy that um, lived on the earth, which is he's now in heaven coming back again someday, has changed more people than all of the kings that have ever sat on a throne in, in the world. Um, all the armies, navies, um, air forces, all those, he has changed more lives than any of those things put together. And so um, are, who are you making famous? Um, secondly, I would ask, who do you have around you that you trust enough to let them speak into your life? Um, I think that's an important question because of what Alan said, you know, there are people that can give us, you know, that warning to keep us from crashing. Trent, that's so good because when we were thinking about this podcast episode, I was thinking of David. I was trying to think of leaders in the Bible who, who got overconfident. You know, when David started out, he was more insecure than he was overconfident. But he uh, he went to the other. He went from one extreme to the other extreme, you know. And so, in his overconfident, he doesn't go out to war. And his and his um, laziness, attending to his his kingly responsibilities, he finds himself um, immersed in an immoral affair that leads him to indirectly murder someone and participate in in their downfall. Loses a child, and through all of this, the prophet the prophet Nathan comes in tells a story and looks at him and says, David, you are that man. Mm. We yeah. all need, we all need the prophet in our lives who who, can, who has the permission to say, watch it and has the ability to get through the layers that we put around ourselves um, to, to speak to the truth of our hearts and uh, grateful for those people in my life. Oh Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because we do need that Samuel to, you know, come in and, and our Nathan to come in and speak into our lives. And, um, you know, we do this podcast. I want to say this again because we want you to endure. We want you to last. We want your church to last. And if, if, if your church is just built on 
following you as a pastor? What happens to the church when you crash or when you leave even? Um, it, it's not going to last. We, and so we want your church to last just as much as we want you to last. That's right. That's a, that's a good word for us to kind of begin to wrap things things up. And Trent, you know, people can reach us. They may have something they want to add or they may have a question or, or just may want some help, someone to, to speak some truth into their life and into their ministry. They can reach us at alan at enduringchurches.consulting, Trent at enduringchurches.consulting. Um, find us on our Facebook page, go to our website, um, and we'd love to connect with you. We'd love to walk alongside you. Um, and help you. And so Trent, um, I'm so grateful we get to talk about uh, about these issues and I'm grateful for our friendship and ministry and uh, the opportunity that uh, we have to speak in each other's lives. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Alan. This is a blessing that we, you know, I don't know if anybody else gets anything out of this, but I'm thankful for the time that you and I get to spend discussing these things. So I hope that you have a friendship like that as you listen to us. Um, you have a friendship like that. It's a blessing. And that's, that's what we want to do for you. So God bless you. Thank you for listening today. And we hope that you will share this with someone else and develop a relationship along the way.